If ADHD gets you fully sick, it's lucky we've got Dr. Dynamic. <laughs> we love her. Oh, you and your we puns. We love her. Honestly, I have to apologise, Di, for his puns. Oh, everybody loves in my family. Um, Dr. Die another day? Dr. Die Hard another day. (laughs) Die Harder. (laughs) There were some giggles in amongst all that. We loved it. Yeah, we really did. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of F Them Fish, ADHD for grown-ups. My name is Callie. I also have my husband, who just took a drink as I decided to get him to introduce himself. Sorry about that. Happy margarita time. And your name is... Hi, everyone. My name's Lockie. (laughs) I'm the husband, drinking a margarita and being given the eyes. And being giggled at by our beautiful guest today, because you guys asked... In fact, no, sorry, you demanded... That we do some more. Diamonded. Diamonded. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the snort. Yes. <laughs> so we have the wonderful Dr. Di with us again today. Hi, Dr. Di. Hello. How are you? You good? A little tired, but good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we set you homework, didn't we? Sorry, before you, today. You did. We, we'll go how we can go, and if I feel like I don't know enough, I'll say that's for a next episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, look, we um, today's episode... It's one die fall. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is not going to stop all day, is it? All right. Okay, cool. So let's just be prepared for last time it was Halloween puns, and today is going to be Dr. Die, die puns. puns. Well, you keep saying I don't speak enough, and then I do, and you're like, just stop. <laughs> I haven't said stop. It's making me giggle. Yeah, Happy giggling endorphins. And dyphins. And dyphins. I got there first. <laughs> um, so, as always, everyone, just to let you know we are not professionals, Lockie and I. That's why we have the wonderful Dr. Die here, who is very much a professional. If you haven't heard our other episodes with Dr. Die, I highly recommend you go back and watch watch them. Go back and listen to them. Watch them with your ear holes. Um, So, yes, go back in and have a little listen. It is episode seven and episode eight. As always on this podcast, we talk about our experience uh, with my late ADHD diagnosis. uh, Diagnosed this year, age um, 31. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, cool. Let's say that. I 42. still beat you. Yeah. So it's all good. <laughs> and uh, we talk about how that, you know, our journey through that, how that has affected our relationship, our parenting. At 26, I'm doing good. 26, 100%. Well, if you're 26, I'm definitely 31, so that's fine. We'll, we'll go with that. Win. Awesome. So today's episode is the comeback uh, that everybody has been asking for. We are going to be speaking with Dr. Dai and asking you lots of questions um, about female health. Now, I want to be real clear up front. When we say female health, we are talking about people who were maybe assigned female at birth, people with a uterus, people with ovaries. Um, you know, that that's what we mean when we say female, when we say women, everybody that fits within any of those kinds of spectrum, we're talking about you. Yeah, so basically we're looking at those who have functional ovaries. Yeah. Or in menopause case, semi-functional ovaries. Yeah. So it's all about the ovaries being the predominant producer of estrogen. Okay. There are three types of estrogen. Um, estradiol is the prominent one during that's when the ovaries start up when you hit puberty. Okay. And that's the one that cycles up and down to grow the 
uh, endometrium in the uterus. Yeah, so that's what happens for us to either have periods or get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're we're actually going to, I think, we should actually talk a bit about the menstrual cycle because we're going to talk about the hormones and everything related and and give people an understanding of just how complicated it actually is, which is why there is no one-size-fits-all. Yeah, that's our favourite catchphrase. Well, yeah, and unfortunately medicine is still quite primitive. You know, we don't have the Star Trek tricorder. Which Um, is absolutely unacceptable, I I have to say. I know, Mm -hmm. I would love it. Um, But I think we'll just... If we if we look at the menstrual cycle, we'll talk a bit about menopause as far as I can go. And I know you wanted the MTHFR gene, but I have to do more research on that because yeah. it's complicated but not well yeah. documented. And there's yeah. a lot of new research in some of this stuff, right? Like, it, it, and when I say new, I mean like last five to ten years, as opposed to which is the, new yeah. because yeah. when you talk about doing a study, and also most of the time looking at the research i mean doing human studies how many of how many people actually volunteer to be part of clinical trials yeah rarely very females are underrepresented in clinical trials Mm -hmm. too except for things like the women's health initiative um so it's really about getting people to understand that that we have to use animal models. I'm going to mm-hmm. talk about one okay. of the animal models. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so just to um, set the, just so everybody knows, Dr. Dai is a general practitioner. She's our general pra- practitioner. She was the person who raised the flag for me around um, having ADHD. Um, also, Dai, you are very open about your own neurodivergence. Yep. Um, and having ADHD, dyslexia, autism. Yep. Um, did I get them all? Yep. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, so not just professional experience, lived experience, which is really important. Yeah. That's what I hope is by being open with my patients mm-hmm. that they can see that somebody with ADHD, um, ASD and dyslexia, that it's not something to be ashamed of and it's taking that stigma off it. So I'm very upfront and and in people's faces sometimes. I love it. And it's so important. Sorry, Lucky. It definitely takes that stigma away because immediately people are all like, how can you have ADHD? You're a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a super Yeah. And so that honesty obviously settles people and it becomes a bit more of that norm, which is what we're trying to get into. Yeah, absolutely. We need to kind of make it... It is a part of human evolution. It's not necessarily the next phase, which you said the last time. (laughs) It's about that without ADHD, Mm. we wouldn't have had people like Newton and Hooke and, um, you know, people who were obsessed about looking at how light bends in a prism and splits. Mm -hmm. You know, that's... That, those things are the incredible hyperfocus, that ADHD quality. And, you know, you talk about, they talk about people with ADHD doing well at outside jobs and active jobs. And, and, and that's absolutely true because you're moving and you're doing stuff. You're yeah. not stuck. And then some people with the ADHD who have less of the hyperactivity and more of the inattentive, therefore more of the hyperfocus, will be the ones who will look at, at, you know, dust motes in sunlight and then think about how can a dust moat move? Air must have matter and consistency to it to when people walk through, move the dust around. You know, it's that 
thinking about things because it's just there. So with without ADHD people, we don't have invention, invention and innovation as well. Yes, yeah, so interesting. Oh my goodness, yeah. I want to now go down a hyperfixation about dust motes. I'm not. I'm no, no. Stay on track. I have my stay notes. on track. Okay. Look at my notes. I have my notes. I can. I see them on a yellow notepad as well. It's yes. like a legal pad, right? Yeah. Yeah. With so, my purple pen. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things. Um, what I've done today, we had so many questions come in for this episode when we put it out there that this is what we were going to be talking about. We've grouped them. So if you're listening and you don't hear your exact question, hopefully what we've grouped them in, you'll get to hear your answer. Um, also, can I just say to all our male identifying or men men allies or, or people who just do not have their main um, hormone, what was it? Estrogen. Yeah, estrogen from your ovaries as opposed to having testes. Um, you know, this is for you too, because I'm sure there are people who are female or female identifying in your life that you will need to, you know, potentially learn something the, about. The, to look, help this with. is for anybody. Either mm. you don't have ovaries or you have testes or you're going on androgen blockers or estrogen blockers. So you're going to have similar effects with it, but mm. we're being we're going to be very, in a way, kind of generalized to. Yeah. This is about the biology of estrogen, yeah. progesterone, and testosterone, mm. and then when we talk specifically about a menstrual cycle, then yeah. yes, there's there's a uterus there, but you don't have to have the uterus to still have a cycle. Yeah. It's just that the uterus is just there to it's like host the a baby that carries everything in no nah, yeah. just host a baby just host a you baby can take okay, the cool. uterus out and leave the ovaries behind that's easy yeah um yeah. there you go and still have the ovaries and you can still then have a cycle because it's all about pituitary and ovaries that create the cycle okay cool all right well so yes and also Lockie. I'm here to represent all the men and put the men in menopause and menstrual cycle and all that sort of stuff. So I'll Beautiful. sit here in the background and do my bit. We know that menopause is about women. Yes. Women menopause is just harder to say. It really is, actually. It is. That would be a ridiculously and long one. Women menstrual yeah. cycle. How about the hell post dying of the ovaries? Yeah. Just yeah. So hell Yeah. Yeah. No, hell yeah. post. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we are going to get started. This is, um, uh, you know, as always, when we have a guest on, it's a little bit different to our normal format um, because we have more things to ask them about as opposed to just us talking shit. So that's, uh, should we get started? (laughs) You should see my face trying to find that button. I'm going to try it again. It reminds me of like I Dream of Jeannie. Mm. Yeah. I just love it. It's just such a nice sound. I uh, We still haven't put any of the Cyclist jingle or anything else on our buttons. No. We will at some point. Honestly, I just need to figure it out. Hurts my brain. It's a reading manual. Oh, and it's Googling and, and I do all that stuff. But then as soon as I get on Google, I start looking at more interesting things. And uh, I, of course. I get very distracted. So, yes. Which is how I got distracted and missed some of the stuff that you sent me because I went down other pathways. But that's okay. More that's okay. episodes. First things first, I guess. Uh, you know, I know. It's really hard not to do that every time somebody says first things first. In my head, I always go, I'm, I'm a, a realist. realist. <laughs> it's a song. It's a song, Dr. Dye. Kesha? No. Okay. <laughs> Never washed her hair. That's what I remember about Kesha. Although I think she got a makeover at some point, didn't she? I don't know. 
Anyway, she had a song going, first things first, I'm a realist. <laughs> I probably heard it when the kids were playing Probably. Because every time they change music styles, they make sure I'm educated oh, do on they? them. Nice. Yeah. Well, okay, the chorus was, I'm so fancy. You oh, yeah, 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 know. I know that one. Yeah, yeah okay. It's that one. <laughs> Actually, was that the right one? I probably got that yeah. one now. Um, all right, so let's get started then. So menstrual cycle. I'm going to just... So my, I actually sent you a message throughout the week and I was like, right, I'm just adding my own little additional bit to this. My meds, my ADHD meds generally don't really seem to work for day, you know, day one and two of my cycle. And I just, it's awful. I have a shit couple of days. And so... Yeah, really keen to get to that medication side of things. But, um, you know, we have lots of people who who have said, look, ADHD, my ADHD during certain stages of my cycle is uncontrollable. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, so there's um, a couple of, of studies that I was reading that were actually quite um, key and interesting. Sorry, you're going to hear rustling paper. Um which was looking at, there was a review that was an author manuscript published, which was really nice, um, which was talking about reproductive steroids and ADHD symptoms across the menstrual cycle. Yeah. So when we talk about the menstrual cycle, we've got three things involved. We've got a uterus yeah. and that grows a lining that is prepared for implantation and to support a placenta yeah. and then a baby and then squish a baby out. It doesn't actually produce hormones per se that are involved in the cycle. Mm. It does produce oxytocin at uh, delivery. Yeah. So the whole reason you go into labor is actually the fetus is uncomfortable and pissed off yeah. and produces stress hormones which go into the uterus and the uterus then starts to produce oxytocin. Right, okay. And that's what causes contraction of the uterus. So oxytocin is also produced in the brain, in the pituitary gland. Okay. Okay. Now, you've got the most sort of important bit of the whole cycle is the ovaries, which produce the follicle, mm -hmm. and the ovarian tissue as well as the fecal tissue of the follicles, which produce estrogen. You've got the luteinizing part of the cycle, which is where you get the corpus luteum. Mm-hmm. And that's progesterone. Yeah. Okay. okay. So the ovary is producing quite a bit, and this is all stimulated by the pituitary gland producing on day zero, or day one, two, follicle stimulating hormone. Yeah. Okay. So the hypothalamus is telling the pituitary to produce a hormone to then tell the ovary to grow 20 to 40 eggs, in which one will become the follicle that will shoot out an egg. Okay. Okay? So luteinizing hormone, so for everybody who's done infertility work and you had to use a luteinizing hormone stick yeah. to, uh, you pee on it. Got that T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. You pee on it. The new ones have smiley faces. Um, <laughs> you are going to then want to have intercourse as the luteinizing hormone is rising mm -hmm. because in preparation for ovulation. Yeah, okay. Okay. So brain producing the first two major hormones of the cycle, stimulating the follicle to grow. Yep. There's some great 
images you can get of the cycle that show the yeah. brain hormone and okay and everything you still have baseline estrogen produced yeah but you have no progesterone okay okay and they're going to be important when it comes to ADHD yes. am I right? so yeah okay we're going to talk about this so as that follicle is developing that's going to become the egg production producer you have baseline estrogen, but it starts to rise as luteinizing hormone starts to rise. And that estrogen is actually what grows the lining, the endometrium. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. If you don't have something to block the estrogen, mm -hmm. then, for example, women will get what's called an anovulatory cycle where they don't produce an ova but they have a bleed every 21 days okay and that generally happens in perimenopause okay because you're not getting this ovary producing an egg so you have shorter cycles you have a shorter cycle uh, because okay. That's, that does happen very gravity friend said gravity work it does it's a bitch gravity works Okay, so as soon as it gets too heavy, it just falls off. Yeah. So what stops that lining from growing is the progesterone that is produced from the leftover sac yeah. after the egg is splurted out. <laughs> splurted. It's, it's splurted. It's a medical term. It's yeah. splurted. The egg sits against the wall of the ovary. Those cells that make up the egg sac and the egg is sitting in a sac filled with fluid mm -hmm. the was the luteinizing hormone goes up those cells of the egg sac will actually digest through the ovarian wall this thing is under great pressure it's like a, a water balloon so yeah. as soon as you poke a hole in it then it splits it splits yeah yeah see so once the egg goes that those cells actually change so they go through a change in their actual structure mm -hmm. and their function and now they produce progesterone okay and that progesterone in the second half of the cycle so we have the first 14 days is the follicular stage where you're producing a follicle yeah and then the second stage is the luteal stage where you're producing the corpus the body luteum yeah. yellow Okay. And it does look yellow. Um, and that thing grows thick and it just pumps out progesterone. And cool. the progesterone is what actually stops and blocks estrogen to stop the uterine lining, the endometrium, from actually getting too big. Okay. So how does then those two hormones, what effect then, if we're saying, tell me if I'm wrong here, but in the first two weeks is more estrogen and the second two weeks is more progesterone. So there's I've oversimplified, a... haven't I? Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Do googly. Do, do the Google thing. Do the Google for menstrual. So if I'm correct, if we go back to our good friend dopamine. I did the Google. Yep. You did the Google? So we've got the the image. This is from the Encyclopedia Britannica is the one that I found. So what I'll do, I'll share the link to this. And what we'll also do, I keep meaning to say, is, is we really share links after we do this. So we'll share some of the links of some of those other things that we're going to talk about as well. Yeah. But I'll share the link to this one after. Yeah. So I know we haven't connected this to ADHD, but you have to be patient. <laughs> this is this an is ADHD podcast. This is going to go well. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have ADHD. If I this is my hyper focus, baby. <laughs> you got to stay with me. Well, this, this was my key link, which I was mentioned before. Jingle, jingle. Sorry. Um, 
is the the dopamine, our good friend dopamine, which yes. um, has an effect across ADHD. Yes. And so when we're talking about estrogen and progesterone, I can do all the words, um, they have an effect on dopamine and dopamine levels. Is so that right? Estrogen most You're specifically. Fancy. High five, my friend. Um, so estrogen most specifically has an effect on dopamine production and that's why I got into kind of a hyper-focus with estrogen and the brain. So yeah. we're going to get to other things later, people, um, <laughs> but you're going to have to deal with me in my what, of course. what got yep. me going. There's going to be some sack and splurting and stuff all before oh, we get there. All over the place. To put the two words together, Lachlan, that was disgusting, sack and splurting. I mean, like, there's all, we can always count on you to drop the level, drop the bar, right? It's a human podcast. A it podcast. is a human podcast. <laughs> yeah, I can't speak. Um, so when you look at that cycle, you you need to do one on your you phone. You want me to do no, my phone? I want you to do your phone. Oh, you, okay, you got to find it you too. You need to see it while I'm talking. It's Britannica.com forward slash science forward slash menstrual hyphen cycle. Just put menstrual cycle into Google. So anyway, everybody at this point in time is going to have paused the podcast. Unless you're then, driving, please don't Google yeah, while you're driving. Please don't yeah. Google while you're driving. Go home and, and look at it later. Um, so what you can see is that estrogen has quite a big jump up mm. prior to ovulation. Massive. Mm. Then it drops down again. Then it comes back up again. Yeah. Okay. So... Well, we also have progesterone rising and then falling because of that corpus luteum. So here's the interesting thing. Most of the time women talk about premenses ADHD increased symptoms. So that's because we get a sharp drop in progesterone and estrogen at the same time. Oh, right at the end there. Yeah. Where it's got this yeah. little noodly looking thing at the yeah. top. Yeah. yeah. That's the corpus luteum. Oh, okay. That's what's producing your progesterone. I couldn't figure out whether progesterone looked more like popcorn or um, no, prawn, progesterone, prawn crackers. Progesterone is the blue line. Progesterone so the is hormones the hormone. The, lines. the corpus luteum is the popcorn. Popcorn. The f- yeah, it's yeah. the follic- follicular development. Yeah. Is, that, is that top image? Yeah, yeah. So... My goal is for you to understand this so you can actually understand what's happening in your body and that it's not just that simple. Biology is messy. That's my key phrase. So the popcorn is producing the (laughs) progesterone, right? So then you see that corpus luteum dies. So we've got estrogen, progesterone, and we've got testosterone as well in females. And testosterone is about muscle, bone health, everybody has that. Mm -hmm. It's the ratios that feminize or masculinize you outside of androgens. Yeah, okay. Okay? So when we look at, and I'm going to, I see I made all these wonderful notes. Um, So one of the interesting things is looking at the role of testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone in a group of, young females Mm -hmm. in which they were um, looked at as being ADHD and having symptoms. It was they had already been diagnosed. diagnosed. 
But the study was looking at the, they were taking saliva samples to measure the different rates. They were also, these girls every evening were then doing a quiz or a set of questions about inattention, attention, hyperactivity, okay. sort of ADHD symptoms. Yeah. So that they were um, correlating kind of levels of, hormones mm-hmm. with ADHD symptoms. The, so they were self-reported. Self-reporting, yes. the ADHD symptoms, but with a biological proper check yes. on the hormones. So they yeah. were doing okay. a saliva. They had to you know, spit into a tube and yep. get a saliva sample. So they were measuring the hormones that way. Um, and so some of the basic things they looked at were with testosterone, Mm-hmm. Testosterone actually increases hyperactivity and impulsivity. Yep. Okay. Okay. So what is, how does that relate to ADHD? I was, well, I was going to say, so that's one of the reasons why boys were traditionally... Mo- you can't see Dr. Daishi's pointing at me very, very vociferously. Yes. Yes, okay. baby. Yes, so here we have an actual hormone link. So it's a the biological link. This is all new stuff. New. Okay. Okay. Now yeah, one okay. of the things you have to understand, especially research that's done in North America yep. in the nineties, ADHD as well was also the research and going into it was psychological. Yep. So the psychology resources are where you want to go. Right. Not, not the biology. medicine. Yeah, not okay. the medicine versus yep. biology yep. and neurobiology. Yeah. So that's one of the things to understand is that research in these areas is very different. Yep. And there was a great divide between PhDs yep. and, and PhDs encompassed the biologists, let's say the whole biology range plus psychology, yep. and then medicine, medicine. Okay. was off to the side. All right. Well, this is really interesting. So it's a good way of us to understand to how we're going to look at these yeah. studies as well. Yeah. So okay, this cool. is all new stuff. And this is all stuff that they've been doing. You know, it's similar to the cannabinoid research, which started in the 90s as PhD research. Okay, so like longitudinal type yeah. stuff. We have to pick ourselves up on the language, but longitudinal just means it takes place over quite a large number of years following the same group of people so that you can actually see how things develop. But yeah. yeah. So we've got testosterone increases, hyperactivity, impulsivity, verbal fluency, verbal learning and memory. Yeah, okay. okay. So you've got contradictions here. If I really want to get my testosterone changed. <laughs> If your testosterone is too high and your hyperactivity is too high, then your verbal fluency will be high. See, chatterbox. Um, And children, boys who are chatterboxes. Okay, people can't see I've got my jaw just dropped. Okay, so cool. Can I just check one thing? Sorry. So one of the things we've always picked up on with our small child is that when she was at um, childcare, and also, like, early school. She's only in year one, but although it's just been put up to year two, one, hashtag one, break. 1.5. Yeah, 1.5. Yeah, Good, nice. Um, yeah, so, but she used to get, we used to get constantly from some of her educators at childcare um, that she was naughty and that she was doing things. And there would be times when we would see, and it wasn't, it's just that she always chose the boys. Her best friend was a little boy who she still loves 
Um, I think she's decided she's not going to marry him now. She might be marrying one of her female friends, but that's cool because, you know, A, marriage may not be happening when she's older and also B, marry all of them. I don't care, like, whichever one you choose, my darling. Um, But she used to be doing the things the boys were doing and she would get in trouble for it, whereas Mm. the boys wouldn't. And I wonder about if she is hyperactive. She has, well, she has combination, but very strong hyperactive traits. And I wonder if, could there be a increase hormone like in testosterone is that could be an increased testosterone yep so okay so let's go back before i'm going to say what i'm going to say yeah so now we have estradiol main hormone that shoots up by a huge amount during puberty shoots up sorry Uh, the follicle the egg splurts out the hormones shoot up. Yeah, okay, good. Okay. Right, yep. And they shoot up and then they drop and they shoot up and they drop and you get this huge jump in estrogen. Okay. And especially the estradiol from yep. the ovary. Yeah. And estradiol is the main feminizing hormone. Okay. Okay. So you think about, and they, there's some research, research that talks about females with. ADHD, yep. having excessive emotion. Yep. Yep. I know I was my emotional my, dysregulation. One of my fem- yep. my female child was. Oh yeah, so is ours. Oh yep. yeah. So yep. during puberty, that was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you know, yep. I, if, if I had, I told my daughter, if I had known that I had ADHD, I would have spotted it in her. Yeah, quicker. Yeah, and saved her all the the pain of That's dealing with this. Oh yeah. my goodness, I really hope we can do something for her. Treat, yeah. treat. I think there there are possibilities for treatment. Um, but anyway, so estrogen, estradiol decreases stress response. Yep. Now that was in a rat study. The rats without the ovaries were split into two groups, a control and experimental group, where the experimental group was given estradiol. Okay. And they saw that stress response decreased after 70 minutes of immobilization compared to the non-estradiol treated controls. They're given estradiol every day for 16 days. Yep. And then... The control rats weren't given estradiol. Yeah. They had no estrogen because they had no ovaries. Yeah. Then they were both put into a stressful situation. What they saw was the rats that were given the estradiol had a better response to that stress. Yeah. So So estrogen is kind of like the happy or the calming gen. It can be, yeah. So it actually has a calming effect in terms of its drop. Um. It increases executive function yep. and increases attention. So, to, okay, so again, overly simplistic, but I know this is what listeners are going to be asking. Yep. Could you treat ADHD for everybody by giving them estrogen? Is there estrogen within medication for ADHD? So that's when we're going to get into the estrogen's effect on dopamine. Okay. And that's why we use medications that actually increase dopamine. Yeah. To get back to your question to answer that. Motorbike. Yep. That's okay. Daytime too. Yeah. Um, if I give a male estrogen yeah. during childhood and teenage Teen, puberty, yeah. what am I going to do to that male? Decrease. 
increase their testosterone? testosterone. I'm okay. going to feminize them. Okay. So do I want to give them estrogen? Well, and this is why I was wondering, but like, it's like yeah. if estrogen no. can make ADHD better. So what we have to look at is in women's health, yep. if we're giving estrogen, we have to be careful that we're giving that we're using estrogen appropriately. Yeah. There are some breast cancers that respond to estrogen yep. and progesterone, and most of those, not all of them, most of those are, arise later in life. Pack your bags, it's time to go. It's time to digress from the show. It's side quest. It's side quest. So if you believe in rebirth yeah. or reincarnation, which yep. are two separate things, yep. okay. because you grew up in a culture and a religion that says rebirth and reincarnation occur, one of the things that European psychiatry had to get over was that as people moved and spread and religions moved and spread, you cannot say that because somebody believes they're the reincarnation or rebirth from something, somebody else that that means they have a psychiatric disorder. Yeah. Because their culture. Yes. So autism. I'm absolutely convinced that I was at some point, I used a sword. I, uh, I, I legitimately, I honestly, I think if I had a sword, I'd be be really good at it. I really, (laughs) I don't, I probably wouldn't be able to lift the bloody thing. However, I am absolutely sure I have had multiple dreams. Do you remember Highlander, the movie? Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, the amount of recurring dreams I've had are basically Highlander. For those of you who don't know, there can be only one. And so (laughs) there are all these people who, um, certain type, I can't remember the things behind it. I was very young when I watched it, but. Well, I'd watched it multiple times. Um, but basically, they had to chop each other's heads off and then they would absorb their, like, life La force. force. Yeah. And then there could be only one at the end, right? That's that's That was Highlander. And the amount of dreams I used to have where I used to have to chop people's heads off. I'm just saying, <laughs> I have seen you wield a knife as in, like, butter knife and stuff. I'm very clumsy. And could you imagine me with a sword? the closest thing you would have ever come to in a previous a life princess. to wielding a, knife, uh, a sword, you would have been a sheath. A sheath? <laughs> Where you put your sword away. Oh, like scabbard. That's scabbard. What, what you would scabbard. have been. Scabbard? Scabbard. You would have been a scabbard then. Scabbard. Um, no, I'm fairly confident I was Xena Warrior no. Princess. I'm just saying. You would have been the scabbard no, I would have been on <laughs> Xena. You I would have been, been a scabbard Brit- on Xena. <laughs> Sorry, Di. Side quest. We'll come no, back. No, no. Okay. okay. We'll so that's one of, one, of, one of the things I want to point out is that we have to realise that different societies and different groups will look at what are societal or social norms yep. and we'll reach a point where ADHD, yeah, um, autism, whichever, autism yeah. whatever, you know, and dyslexia, for example, are not looked at with that stigma because society's norms will change. Yeah. All right, so we talked about estrogen. Progesterone. Progesterone increases attention or what it does is it just it's described in the study as give you have less inattention when your progesterone is high yeah when your progesterone high is high though you get positive urgency sensation seeking so when your progesterone is high during the second half of the cycle puss Positive Perfect. urgency sensation seeking puss. So if you like something yeah. and you really like it and you really like it, you're going to do it. 
it. Yeah, okay. So think about inappropriate sexual behaviour as progesterone is arising and you've got an egg. Oh. Or just chocolate and salt and vinegar chips for you. Yeah, yeah, when progesterone is rising. That's your puss. Yeah. (laughs) So, but also decreases premeditation. So you don't think about doing things before doing it oh, with high okay. progesterone. All right, so much more impulsive. So that much impulsivity. More okay. Second half of the cycle. So if you have a variance mm. in your progesterone yep. when it's present and when it's not present, and with the variance, the greater the range when progesterone is at its lowest and when progesterone is at its highest, so you tend to lower negative urgency. Yeah. So things that you don't want to do but you become urgent impulsive about tend to drop or you tend to be less likely to do them. Your positive urgency decreases, sensation-seeking. Your um, inattention decreases as well. Yeah. So you can see just from these hormones that when you've got estrogen and progesterone present you've got them sort of competing against each other yeah in terms of of your mood and how you feel yeah so then we go to estrogen and dopamine yeah yeah okay so estrogen has an effect on large areas of the brain and we do know that it increases dopamine production but one of the, this is my paper, sorry. Um, one of the interesting studies looked at fMRI, which yes. is functional magnetic resonance, resonance imaging. Okay. When you, for example, give somebody a, who has ADHD and you give them a drug that's labelled yeah. so you can see it glow in the brain under magnetic resonance. Okay, yeah. Um when you give them a drug that that acts like dopamine, yeah. So one of the classic ones is to actually use a bit of cocaine yeah. for oh, somebody. Okay. You can see that there's not enough dopamine on the left prefrontal cortex in ADHD people. The D two and D three dopamine two and dopamine three receptors yeah. in the brain are also reduced. Yeah. But estrogen will stimulate D2 receptors and D3 as well as dopamine. Wow. Okay. So with females, because we have cyclic estrogen and progesterone, we are more likely to find, or anyone who's on cyclic estrogen and progesterone, where it's actually going up and down, there used to be an old uh, combined oral contraceptive bill, which actually cycled the estrogen and progesterone, it's triphasic. Yep. Most of them nowadays don't. It's just straight the same amount. Okay. Um, but you will find that when you look at the, the cycle, your ADHD symptoms are more likely to vary in between or be worse after ovulation when you suddenly have no estrogen and no progesterone. Yep. Then the progesterone symptoms that we talked about, so your your 
you have less inattention, you're a little bit more attentive, but you're more likely to do sensation seeking. And and I must qualify, these studies were also looking at and saw that those who in whose baseline traits and symptoms of ADHD tend to be more attention seeking risk behaviors can have a greater response to those. Okay. Um, And you have but you have increased attention mm-hmm. during your luteal phase versus that ovulatory. And then as soon as those hormones drop off, so in your brain, you're getting a reduction in your dopamine. Yep. So if you're taking a medication yep. and any oral medication we take, we have to take enough to cover, to move around our whole body, yep. but enough that moves up to our brain Mm-hmm. to give a dose response. Okay. Okay. So if you then have a drop in dopamine mm-hmm. because you don't have enough estrogen, you need to increase the synthetic dopamine stimulant. Far out. Which is your dopamine medication. So that your stimulant drunk. Is why theoretically, theoretically why my medication is less effective on some days of my cycle than others. Yep. Far out. Now, I just want to say here, Dr. Dye is not, I love calling you Dr. Dye instead of just (laughs) Dye, sorry, is not saying to everybody, immediately go and start playing with your dosage of your medication. Please do not do that under any circumstances. Yeah. I will say this. You must, 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 must talk to whoever is prescribing your medication to Mm -hmm. discuss with them what they recommend and say you're allowed to do. Now, I work with my patients yeah. in terms of if we're finding there are time, periods of time, pardon yeah. the pun, um, in which for females during that period of time there is a drop in the medication's mm-hmm. effectiveness. Yeah. I think for me what this says is um, there's something you can do right that's what this is about right it's not about saying oh my adhd medication actually doesn't work during this time or whatever it's actually about saying holy shiz there's actually a positive action you can take if you're finding that your medication isn't as effective at certain days go and have that conversation because actually there's something you can do but we are not suggesting like we are actively saying do not change your medication without doing that yeah so most of my patients all know and i give you all yeah. the lecture that brains do not like quick changes. Yeah. We go up the medication carefully, we come down the medication carefully, and that's with any medication. Yeah. Because we have to one figure out what how does your liver metabolize that medication? Mm-hmm. Are you a fast metabolizer, you're a normal metabolizer, you're a slow metabolizer? Because mm-hmm. then we've got to adjust the drug. And yeah. and that's when we talk about you see the DNA stuff where you can do a cheek swab and they can give you an idea of your liver enzyme genetics to see if you're uh what class of what type of enzymes you have and whether you're a fast a slow or moderate that is so flipping interesting my goodness it just makes sense rather when you think about Mm. medication or stimulants or supplements whatever you're taking the body's naturally changing throughout the course of time anyway and so there's not going to be like a one thing that suits at all times and so as women's bodies change and then you go through different cycles it just makes sense that you might have to play around and mess around with those stimulants to make them work yeah and be effective yeah because i mean my understanding is adhd people feel their feelings stronger 
and more vibrant and louder anyway. So... Again, though, I think that's only some people. Some people feel disassociated. The system is so complicated that what people need to actually understand, and that's one of my hopes in a way of explaining this, is I need you all to understand that the system is so complicated that when we give an oral drug, which everything you take orally goes past the liver, first past metabolism is liver, is that your liver has an effect on everything, let alone then all the hormones we've got on top of that. So it's about getting the the Goldilocks, not too yeah, not too hot, not, not too, too cold, cold yeah, sort okay. of in the middle where you get the best options. Yeah, you know, if I could wave my magic wand, and I have a magic wand at work, um, <laughs> and cure everybody, that would be great. If I had a tricorder, like let's talk about Star Trek, oh. So I guess um, what we're so what we're saying basically is yes. ADHD is different at different times of your cycle and we've gone through an amazing explanation around the different, so estrogen, progesterone kind of journey yeah. and the positive action out of it is that there are things you can talk to your health provider about with regards to your medication. Yes. The, if you're medicated, not everybody on ADHD, no, ADHD you, has and, medication. Obviously. And you don't have to. So most neurodevelopmental or psychiatric conditions do involve dopamine yeah and we're talking about uh so early in the 90s the first research came out looking at schizophrenia and the fact that it is not actually an excess of dopamine it's an excess of the d2 receptor dopamine 2 receptor in the prefrontal cortex is that the gaba receptors no gaba is a separate receptor so gaba GABA aminobutyric acid is a different type of receptor and neurotransmitter. So you yeah. have GABA as the neurotransmitter and then the receptor that it binds to. And I'm just saying dopamine. it's very attractive that he's knowing stuff right now. Yeah. I'm find, I find intelligence very attractive. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's looking all like I didn't just Google that a second ago. Like I know no, about GABA receptors. We, no, we're really into this stuff. Yeah. It, it, it all yeah. links back to dopamine, which is like the craziest thing. Yeah. So... I thought of this, so I'm going to side question. Yes, please do. Yeah, so this is one of the things I want people to understand too. So dopamine is released by neurons in specific areas and one neuron butting up against another neuron. When we talk about things like depression and we talk about using an SSRI, which is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, is that around every neuron... There are enzymes that will either break down the neurotransmitter or they will grab it and shuttle it back into the presynaptic neuron, the neuron that makes the neurotransmitter, so that it can be reused. Okay, And in conditions such as ADHD, where dopamine is in either produced in high amounts or its reuptake is very quick or its breakdown through monoamine oxidase is very quick, what you're trying to do is block those enzymes. You're not actually giving somebody per se more serotonin for using an SSRI. What we're doing is blocking the things that gobble it up because if the neuron is producing half the amount of serotonin, then the uptake enzymes are taking another half that means only 25% is crossing to the other neuron, and that's not enough to stimulate an electric yep. potential. 
So if we stop that uptake, then whatever's being produced is there. And then you can use your psychology because we do know thoughts change brains and affect neurotransmitter production such that you can then work on your psychology as well as using the biochemistry to help you because you reach a certain point where the hormone is too low. So or the neurotransmitter is too low, sorry. So when we talk about with dopamine, for example, other medications besides the stimulants are using monoamine oxidase inhibitors, which as a class, the irreversible inhibitors have a couple of side effects that make them hard to use. But we, you'll find neurologists will tend to use the irreversible ones in Parkinson's. Um, I use the reversible one, meclobamide, for my ADHD patients yep. because it gives them a little bit more dopamine, norepinephrine, and epinephrine. And we haven't even gotten into norepinephrine yet. So, I mean, this is more learning. Um, but, for example, when you look at Parkinson's, which is dopamine neurons from a little tiny sliver of neural tissue called the substantia nigra, and those dopamine neurons go to the um, putamen and they turn off the putamen. The putamen, his job is to keep muscles active. So yeah. Parkinson's is the pill roll or shaking. Yeah. Okay. So you have a pill roll tremor. You can't rest. But as soon as you're doing something, you have no problem. Because as soon as you're doing something, the putamen is active and then you've got frontal cortex and you've got everything you're focused on doing. Schizophrenia, is, so, so Parkinson's is the l decrease in dopamine. Schizophrenia is too much dopamine, mm. per se. And they're actually at two ends of a scale. Because right. hallucinations, too much dopamine, schizophrenia. Ugh, mm. I never it's knew on a schizophrenia scale. was, was yeah. related to dopamine as well. Oh, God, oh. yes. So... Dopamine in frontal cortex, dopamine in hypothalamus, dopamine in uh, nucleus accumbens, dopamine caudate. So all of those areas that are involved in neurodevelopment and mood and memory, um, the uh, amygdala, hippocampus, dopamine. But dopamine and serotonin are also what speeds you got up and slows you got down yeah yeah so okay. now i just want to go into all of the gut type of issues which we cannot do health. that's another issue. we have thing. to come back to yeah. gut health i just can we just chain die in our spare room and then just learn stuff would Probably. that be would that be ethical would you like to be chained in our spare room <laughs> <laughs> possibly not i mean i mean i'm seeing a button depending here. on the answer <laughs> um all right. I could get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> as well as the menstrual stuff, obviously the menopause stuff, which we've touched upon, was really like was a really big question. So, like, what are the different types of hormone replacement? So the, the and, recommended, yeah. especially by the Australian Menopause Society. So I've gone to quite a few talks on this. Yeah. Um, be for me, basically, and the rest of you can come along because I'm 
menopause, perimenopausal. I haven't hit menopause yet. Remember, menopause is the end. a diagnosis after the fact. You have uh-huh. to yeah. not have a period for 12 months and then you're menopausal. That's what I was going to say. For the men in the room, what's the difference between perimenopause and menopause? Because it's peri just like peri-peri. It's just a spicy mayo version. It's spicy because your ovaries are on, they're off, they're on, they're I off. I hate it when he says good stuff so, like that. Yeah. But it's actually really good. It's fantastic. The, but it, they, they are on, they're off, they're on, they're off. So you get estrogen surges, you have a cycle, then you'll suddenly have no cycle for, you know, 90-something days and then it comes back and you start cursing your ovaries and want them to die. Um, because it's it's the perimenopause that can last for up to 10 years before you actually, and it's this Yay. sort of slow death of your ovaries. So it'd be nice. It's like a bad Shakespearean actor. They're up, they're dying. They're up. They're dying forever. They're down. They're up. They're down. Yes. So it's a long, slow process, and and it's been poorly researched in a way. So yep. the transdermal estrogens are better options, but you must be on a progesterone or progestogen or have a progestogen secreted into the uterus. Right. like a marina, to yep. prevent the overgrowth of the endometrium, therefore endometrial cancer. Right. And so I said, ugh, at the marina because I tried one and it didn't work for me. So that's the only reason I say, ugh, they're great, they're brilliant for people they work for. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to. But it also it. depends on age as yep. well, Yeah, whether they'll don't work young but when you're post-reproductive yeah, okay. and your, uter- your ovaries are dying, your uterus is dying, and in my example, if I take oral progesterone, yep. I am much more um, aggressive. Yeah, okay. Slightly. To wrap up some of the uh, menopause conversation is around those different hormone replacements that might help with night sweats and sleeplessness. And just to also with this question, and um, I also recently heard that some people microdose testosterone, which this person's really interested in. Perimenopause yeah. is about the fact that with that lack of estrogen yeah. and your your sleep cycle gets worse. Mm. You wake up, it's generally between 2 and 4 o'clock. You suddenly have this sweatiness. Yes, and it's exactly between 2 and 4 o'clock for me. Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to speak on behalf of this person. One of the things to talk about in the Australian Menopause Society, ow, sorry, hurt my bruise, um, is that you actually should be looking at whether or not you want to supplement with transdermal estrogen. Okay. And you can get patches that are transdermal estrogen and progesterone. Mm-hmm. Where the progesterone, remember, stops the growth yeah. of the lying of endometrium. The lining for the endometrium cancer. Yeah. Endo- yeah. Okay. yeah. So if you don't have a marina in, mm-hmm. you need to have progesterone in some form. Okay. So either oral or transdermal. Okay. So you can actually start off on a low dose dual patch mm-hmm. to help with those symptoms and try to improve sleep. Okay. All right. All right. Personally, I'll do that, but hopefully as well for this person, that that is something they can look at. Yeah. I did want to ask, I did once, and I've heard, I've seen it come up recently, wild yam cream is something that I was, I tried at one point as part of our infertility, like the fertility stuff that we had, which is apparently a natural 
version that does the same thing as estrogen. Yeah, I can see you're looking at me now, but like some of those estrogen yeah. creams. Yeah. Is like so a, yeah. that came out of a study of a indigenous popula- island population in the um, Pacific that eats a, a large variety of yams or sweet potatoes, which okay. have a higher estrogen-like um, product yeah. in them. So they tended to have fewer perimenopausal symptoms because their diet was so rich in this. And so okay. uh, once this study came out, then groups went in and sort of started manufacturing um, yam creams. Yeah. So you can use those, but what you still have to watch is that estrogen affects the growth of the endometrium mm-hmm. you still need some sort of progestogen okay. to help to stop so that you don't end up with a endometrial cancer yeah the dosing though can be quite low i was gonna say wouldn't how would you know you're dosing I guess, yeah you know, so that's know. the thing is is again as we talked previously yeah. drug is a drug is a drug yeah if you're getting estrogen through another source then if the dose is high enough, you actually need the progestogen to protect you from endometrial cancer. All right. But there is that dual dose, either a cream and then a Mirena, for example, or something else. Yeah, it's um, sort of a, 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 progesterone. a gel for the estrogen and the Mirena or an oral progestogen yeah. with the gel. Yeah. So I recommend the gels. Yeah, okay. So that's the one thing. The study from France has been going on for 40 years oh. where women use the transdermal gel. Okay. So none of them stopped taking their gel when this 2002 study came out because it was an American study. Yeah. Uh, and good on them yeah. because the data that's come out of that has and been incredibly helpful. Is, yeah, has been and showing. And so would they take a progesterone as well, progestogen? Yeah. as well okay yeah. cool um and then so that microdosing of testosterone then where does that fit is that something you've come across i think it's quite new but so depend there's not enough research yep. there are gui- there are not any guidelines on testosterone dosing in females it's all off label okay so if you're in a country that has a national health or pbs system yeah you would n- you would be paying privately for the testosterone gel and you would, you have to talk to your GP or your family doctor about it because there's no guidelines on whether or not dosing with testosterone is in in either physiological females. If you're... So if you're not non-binary but you're transitioning from female to male, then you get given testosterone as part of the transition process with estrogen progesterone blockers Yep. Um, as the general thing. So your testosterone is actually per se higher than um, your estrogen progesterone, so masculinizing. Okay. But if you're not transitioning, you were assigned female at birth and you are actually somebody who is non-binary but experiencing these type of issues, I don't know that that would have much difference on we still don't have the data. We still don't have the data on on, if you have ovaries and you're given testosterone. And sometimes there are... Uh, groups of gynecologists might be able to do it a bit better because they're gynecologists, specialists. Yeah. Some, there's just not the data out there yeah, okay. about 
whether you give testosterone and that actually helps. Yeah, okay. You'd have to talk to your medical practitioner. Yeah. All but right. Based on if the testosterone technically is low, the the problem is is that what we don't know. For example, if you're talking about it in menopause, yeah, is that your testosterone is still, although the ratio is testosterone higher than estrogen when mm-hmm. you hit menopause, you are still lower testosterone than a male. Yeah. Okay. And your estrogen is actually lower than a male. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The issue is is that we don't know what your testosterone was unless you've had studies done mm. for okay. example for IVF where we measure testosterone yep. and um steroid hormone binding globulin, sex hormone yep. binding globulin, such that we can see that maybe during menopause your levels have dropped so low right? that they're okay. actually too low and maybe you should have some testosterone. Interesting. So you wouldn't know unless you'd had some studies done pre. So for me, for example, if I could get hold of, if they've still got, which they would have, I would assume, my records. Um, records only have to be kept seven for years? seven years. Yeah, yeah, which is just about it now. So you should transfer, whenever you change GPs, you should transfer your records each time you change doctors. Oh, my goodness. See, that's not even what this episode's about, but what a... What a yeah. So you can what take... What a useful piece of information. You can... You can you, when you go to a new practice, you, yeah. can, you fill out a transfer of file form here in Australia so that your files then are sent over and now they do it on a CD. You may have to pay $30 for it, but then it can be loaded in. So I tell all my patients, you know, when you, when you decide you hate me and you want to leave, which is fine, um, you take your record. I don't care. Yeah, but you okay. take your record with you as you go so yeah. that it's loaded into the new GP's file and you've got years of data there such that you can, the new GP can not have to try to rely on your memory. Oh, which is shocking, shocking. especially in us ADHD. Yeah. 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 We've jumped around. We have. Because I jump around. Um, so do we. Jump around. Get up, jump get around. up and get down. Jump up, jump up and get, not get up and get, no, just. I don't want to get done for whatever Jump it's up, jump up and get down. <laughs> jump, 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 jump. No. Um, yeah, I know. I know what you're doing. Chris Cross will make you jump. <laughs> no, now you've gone into a completely different song. I know I've gone into a completely different song, but I can't up. help myself. I'm mashing up. <laughs> so that was all of the... We've looked at basically there the beginning of cycle. We've looked at cycle and we've looked at menstrual. Uh, menstrual? Uh, menopause. menopause. Thank you. Uh, and we will come back to revisit this female hormone and associated things in future episodes. But as always, thank you very much, Dr. Dye. My pleasure. I love you. Pleasure. This was so interesting. I've been so desperate to do this subject, so I'm really, really excited that we've got to cover it today. Thank I you. I didn't think we'd have enough information. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, there's been plenty. Yeah, there's lots plenty. and lots. Um, but thank you. We love you, and we will see you next time. Thank you. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Nunawal and Yambri people, and we pay respect to Mother Earth, the footprints that came before us, the ones we follow now, 
and the footsteps that will guide us long into the future.